0: Welcome to the Master's Method Podcast, hosted by Zisser Customs Law Group. As experts in global trade, they will share valuable trade compliance and supply chain security information, along with the latest trade news, in a unique format that is easy to understand, use, and apply. They are going to simplify those complex topics, operational
1: challenges, and difficult issues better than anyone else. So last week I was meeting with an importer, and we're talking about classification. He said to me that for him, the hardest items to classify are parts. And I said to him, I agree, parts are probably the hardest items to classify if you don't know how to approach them. And I started telling him about our methodology, which we will briefly talk about today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Master's Method podcast. I'm Juan Moreno, the Director of Trade Compliance at CISER Group, where I've been for the last 11 years. I originally started working for a maquiladora in a brokerage company a few years back. And joining me on our podcast today is my good friend, Janice Sanders. Hi, Janice.
2: Hi, Juan. I'm the Trade Compliance Manager here at Scissor Group, and where I've been working in the customs field for the past 10 years. I'm excited to be here and be able to talk to you guys about this topic.
1: So today's topic on trade compliance is going to be about the parts rule. And in this topic, we're going to talk about what is a part, how to apply the parts rule when classifying goods, and why this rule is so important in classification.
2: Yeah, Juan, so, so talk to us a little bit about, so what is a part for customs purposes?
1: Well, that's good that you're referenced for customs purposes, Janice. Essentially, a part for customs purposes is basically any item that cannot be used or function by itself. It is essentially dependent on other items for its proper use. Some examples of that could be, for example, say a camera lens, just a lens by itself, where it would need the actual camera body to function as intended. Another example would be, for example, a drill bit, where you would, in that case, require the actual power drill to be able to use the drill bit properly. And another example, which is very common nowadays, our wire harnesses, we often see being wire, uh, wire harnesses being imported into the U.S., and many times those are treated as an item that goes into something else, into a computer, a television, any type of electronic item, more than certainly it's going to have a wire harness. So basically, a part is anything that cannot work by itself and is dependent on another item for its proper use.
2: And it's going to be intended to, u- to be used in a different article. It's going to be a component of, essentially. That's correct.
1: It's essentially what we call a raw material for something else, yes.
2: So how would you apply the parts rule when you're classifying your, op- your product?
1: Well, you have essentially three op- four options that you can apply, you have, which basically follow what we call the, our parts rule. And our PART rule provides four options. The first option is to see whether your item is what we call EO, which is specifically named by name in the tariff. The second option is what we call most specific, most akin, which basically involves finding whether your specific product is similar to, uh, in terms of name or in function, to an item that is covered in the tariff but that you don't actually have a specific, um, um, your specific name called out.
2: So for example, if you say by EO by name, so this wire harness, are you saying that I can find the word wire harness called out in the tariff?
1: Yes. In fact, uh, wire harness is a great example of an item that is specifically called out in the tariff. It's basically an EO item. Uh, You would actually, well, I take it back, you would actually not find the actual words wire harness, but you'll find basically insulated wire, which is basically the same equivalent as a wire harness. Yeah.
2: So so once you do the EO by name and you say you don't find your item then you'll go to the next option which you describe which is most specific most akin and it's finding what is closest to the our uh, article that you have that you're trying to classify
1: exactly many times especially as as uh, as we you know go more into the future we have items that might come out with a very different name but in the past that Language that's already been in the tariff, just written in a way where it's not easy for you to understand. For example, the word computer. The word computer is nowhere to be find, found in the tariff. But what you do see is automatic data processing machines, which is basically an ADP machine, which is what a computer used to be called. So most specific, most akin basically involves trying to figure out if there's any terminology or language in the tariff that basically is equivalent to what your item is. And like I said earlier, that could be either by its name or by the function it performs.
2: Okay, so once you do one, two, you move into uh, option three, which is parts of the article. So what is this cover, Juan?
1: Well, basically, if again, w- w- it's important to make sure that we do uh, um, um, follow, basically, a sequence, which is your first option is EO, and then you're moving down the ladder, The next option would be most specific, most akin, and like you just said, you've basically eliminated those two options. None of them help you. Now you're in the third option, which is basically to see if the item can be classified as a part of the article where it's going to be used. In order for you to be able to do that, you need to to hit some very specific criteria, which basically involves that the part itself be specially designed to be used only with that item, It has to also be dedicated for that item, meaning you cannot use it for anything else. It has to be specially made and and function only with that item. And that item to which you're saying it's a part of cannot really function without it. It's totally dependent on this part in order for its proper function of this product.
2: So say you don't meet that criteria, one, and you say, well, my item is not dedicated. Uh, it's not specially designed. It's more generic. So what is your next option if you can't classify it there?
1: Well, you basically have to ask yourself another question first before you move on to the last option in, the, in our classification, in our parts rule classification. Uh, basically, the last question that you need to answer is whether this item that you have might be an accessory of the item that you're trying to figure out whether it's a part of. Now, an accessory is treated a little bit different than a part. An accessory basically is an item that the item can function without. It's merely just enhancing how you use the item. a great example of that, for example, would be, and I know we mentioned this in our class, but a guitar strap where the strap itself is just really being used to carry or hold the guitar as you're using the item. So that's a great example of something that's really not required for the guitar to work properly, but it's certainly helping you carry it and and it's enhancing how you use it. The article can definitely still function without it, so that's basically the the main difference between a part and an accessory.
2: And some classification uh, actually have that language where it covers parts and accessories. That's right. So you could definitely classify them there.
1: That's correct, yes. Some provisions do cover both parts and accessories. So whether you're one or the other, that provision will cover you, whereas in other cases, you would only see the word parts. If you see parts only and you're an accessory, you cannot go there. You're basically at that point now having to default to our last option, which our last option is basically to classify the item as an other, as an other article essentially of what it's made of. So you're basically now looking at your item, you're determining what material composition it has, plastic, textile, leather, metal, whatever that item is, and you're basically going to determine that classification based on its material composition. Say for example, that guitar strap that we were talking about earlier. Let's assume that that was made out of 100% cotton. So in that case, you're going to go to an item made of cotton classification, and that's where it's going to go an item that would be be made of metal. Metal is very generic so you need to specifically know what metal we're talking about steel, aluminum, brass. And if that's if that's what it is then you're going to classify that item as a part as a uh, as a part of copper or as a part of steel basically. Um, so that's basically how you treat those items where you basically follow through the four options and you've been unable to classify until you reach other.
2: Okay. So, yeah, so essentially you go through the EO by name first. If you don't find your product there, you do most specific, most akin. If you're not there, you go to parts of the article, determine whether it's classified as a true part or if it's an accessory. And lastly, you would default to the other provision, basically the item you classify it based on what the material it's made out of.
1: That's right. So essentially you're following four steps to help you classify what you think you have which possibly in this case would be classified potentially as a part of the article, or it could be classified as EO, as you mentioned, um, but it depends based really on your specific situation and your specific product.
2: So why is this rule so important in classification?
1: Well, for, first of all, the most common items that classifiers in the world classify are parts. I wish we could all be classifying cars and shirts and jewelry and all of these finished goods, but the reality is that most classifiers are tasked with parts of the article. They're classifying those sub-assemblies, those raw materials, those sub-components that really force us to apply the parts rule that we just covered. So it's very important because you need to know it First of all, to classify well. Without you really knowing this rule, you will not be able to classify parts as accurately, efficiently, and, um, and, and, um, and be on top of it as, as well as you could. So the other thing also is to apply the parts rule provides you basically with a simpler format on how to address classification for these items.
2: So it's good to have a methodology and kind of walk down those steps to ultimately classify your item properly.
1: Totally, yes. And last but not least, which is a big plus for upper management, is that by application of the parts rule, you're probably going to classify a lot faster in terms of how you will come up with those results. So I want to thank you all for joining us today on the Master's Method podcast. And thank you, Janice, for sharing this information with us. Bye-bye, everyone.
2: Thank you, Juan. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Master's Method podcast. Zisser Customs Law Group is a full-service international trade law firm and a global leader in international trade compliance training. Be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not legal advice. If you have any questions or require additional support, please do not hesitate to contact us through our website at zissergroup.com or send us an email to solutions at zissergroup.com.